Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Get the applicants you need faster and for free at LinkedInJobs.com. John Garcia, Director of Football Recruiting at Sports Illustrated, joining the show. And, man, we talked about how this offseason for college football is going to get crazy. Well, crazy met us before the offseason did. And the, the, the flipping is flipping this week. And Colton Vasek has decided to stay home, originally committed to the Oklahoma Sooners, Texas Legacy now a Texas commit before we talk about the football just from a brand and recruiting standpoint how big of a win is this for Texas not only keeping Colton Vasek home but taking him away from your biggest conference rival huge optics here I think you know recruiting is 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 so tied to perception right I mean we we talk about the on-field product and all this stuff and there's so much tangible there in recruiting, it's like all subjective, right? From the prospect rankings to the class rankings and all of that. So when you lose an Austin Westlake kid to your rival, particularly on defense, right, where, where Oklahoma is not as, as well known, it stung. I, I think outside of Ruben Owens ending up elsewhere, Vasic was probably the biggest, quote unquote, staying for, for Texas in terms of recruits that it lost out on. Um, so so reversing that, I, I think, is a really big deal. But like you said, when it's Oklahoma on top of it, and it's a flip, uh, day of flip, right? Decommit, commit in the same day, it, it reemphasizes it, and the victory feels that much bigger, much bigger than the sting ever was. Uh, so I think that's huge for Texas. And this is a big need. Um, this, this class is really strong, top to bottom. It's got a bit of everything, but... You could always use more pass rushers. We talk about it with the current roster. Same deal with the future roster. So Vasek is as productive a defensive end as there is in the country uh, over the last couple of seasons. And obviously, you know, Austin Westlake as a school, that reputation precedes itself. Um, Top 10 type high school program in the country. Great schedule, a ton of winning, multiple state championships, all the things you could really want. Uh, from a high school experience in terms of the optics and being high profile. So being productive within that, I think, says even more. So this is a huge day for Texas. Uh, This is the beginning of what we think is going to be a really nice close for the Longhorns. Uh, Probably not the only flip we talk about between now and National Signing Day. Of course, other teams are trying to flip Texas recruits, and it goes both ways. But uh, Texas right now uh, has got that top five class that just got stronger. And and now with Vasek on board, as of this recording, J.D., Texas has the most SI-99 recruits in the country tied with Alabama. Each school has eight of the top 99 recruits in, the, in America on board. Crazy numbers for Texas uh, under Steve Sarkeesian. And that number could could be double digits before all is, is said and done. There's still, I think, 13 uncommitted recruits in that SI-99. I know we'll talk about one here in a second, uh, but as it stands right now, this is a remarkable class for Texas. And it's not where the perception thought, we thought it was going to be offensive heavy, arch commits, All here comes all the receivers and linemen and running backs. And you do have that. But this defensive class, again, uh, maybe more important in terms of instant impact. Uh, and, and you need to hit the premium positions within that defensive class. So obviously a pass rusher, a defensive end. I mean, that that is chef's kiss uh, for, for where things should stand right now for Texas. Yeah, Colton Vasek uh, joining Ethan Burke on the 40, rejoining Ethan Burke, who he won state, state championships with uh, right. on the defensive line at Westlake. You talked about what it means from a brand and a recruiting standpoint, but just from a football standpoint, like what is Texas getting now in one of the best defensive players in Texas and Colton Vasek? 
Oh man, what one of the funnest guys to watch on tape. Uh, ferocious off the edge and and can win in multiple ways. Surely you can't be a you know fifteen plus sack guy without being explosive off the edge. So the first step is electric. He can counter off of that, meaning he can beat you with speed, or he can come in and work underneath. But but what I love about Vasek, maybe even more is his edge setting ability, right? So he's, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, six, five or so extremely long arms, but very strong pound for pound, even though he's going to get a lot bigger at UT, he can set the edge just as well as he can rush the passer. So now you're going to get balanced help here in the pass defense and the run defense, uh, just as important when you're talking about the big 12. I mean, look, look at the top of the big 12 right now, TCU's lighting it up over the air, but everyone else is running the football. Well, right. Texas is K state certainly is Oklahoma state, Baylor, et cetera. So you need that balanced pass rusher to come in. It's not just the one dimensional third down pin your ears back kind of guy. So, so Vasek checks that box as well. And then in between the technique is good, very well coached at Austin Westlake, as we alluded to a little bit earlier. So he plays with good leverage. He's not often found outside of his responsibility and playing in such a, a region where there's so many spread offenses, you do get a lot more mental work at that position. Cause we talk about the modern offenses, right? RPO read option, that's the guy you're reading. Oftentimes it's that edge presence. So he's got a lot of experience combating that collapsing down within his responsibility and then bowing out and, and pushing the edge wide if the quarterback decides to keep the football. So you're getting a lot in, in Colton Vasek and a lot of production on, on top of it. The motor strong here too. So there's really not a lot of negatives in this kid's game. Part of the reason why he's in the SI 99 rankings and, and why this is such a big deal for Texas to snag uh, from its rival. Yeah, Colton Vasek, a Texas legacy, has been visiting Texas unofficially for about the last month, so can't say this is a huge surprise. Now, Anthony Hill, this one seems like a surprise. So he's decommitted from the Texas A&M Aggies. All signs and, and crystal balls are pointing towards uh, Anthony Hill coming to the University of Texas. He will be uh, at the biggest game of the weekend this weekend. Shout out to Alabama for losing. That Alabama Ole Miss game now really doesn't mean anything. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, Texas TCU, Anthony Hill will be there. And like I said, all crystal balls are pointing to him signing and committing with the University of Texas. What does this mean? What would Texas flipping Anthony Hill mean from a recruiting brand standpoint? And then, of course, you know, what does he bring to the linebacker position at the 40 acres? Yeah, I would say perceptionally even bigger or bigger of a deal, right? I mean, because because you can optically make the case for an Austin kid to, to play at UT, right? Uh, but when it's a kid, you know, outside of the region, you know, Denton Ryan kid, big time, high profile school, high profile recruit for a very long time who was on board with AM, that's a whole different deal optically. Uh, so like you said, a bigger surprise and, and it would be the bigger splash just in terms of the news and, and, and the clicks, if you will. Um, but man, as a player, a lot to love about Anthony Hill as well. I think he is a, a, a built, a ready built modern day linebacker three down player uh, who works well downhill he works well sideline to sideline and he's got some coverage ability makes a ton of plays on the football in the passing game in coverage which is something that we don't see a whole lot of if you're one of the best linebackers in the country typically your high school coach is like man get after the quarterback <laughs> don't worry about dropping go get after the quarterback and, and get us off the field but you know his instincts and intellect all come together and the athleticism too 
to allow him to make big plays in coverage, both dropping and uh, pursuing laterally, running backs, slot receivers, tight ends, et cetera. So I love the three down ability of Anthony Hill. And I think he's a controlled player. Um, you know, he's big, physical, has all those traits, but he's not wild. He's not just bat out of hell, screaming off the edge with no technique. There is a lot of balance within his game and a control when he approaches a ball carrier or or his assignment. And I love that about him. It, it shows a maturity that I think is going to get him on the field wherever he goes pretty darn soon uh, when you when you factor in the physical traits. And again, if we're praising the competition that Austin Westlake face, faces, uh, Denton Ryan faces even better competition in that Dallas area. So a kid who's done it on that big stage for a very long time, um, again, high floor here. When we talk about ceiling all the time and it's fun to look at that and, hey, what will he be in three years? I'm not worried about that with Anthony Hill. Right now, he's got the ability to come in and factor in uh, to to one of the better Big 12 defenses out there and eventually play uh, and live up to it in the SEC whenever Texas gets there. So this, this would be as big a deal as there was on the verbal commitment list. Uh, and if it happens soon – now you've got the most SI-99 recruits in the country ahead of Alabama. It seems like it always comes back to Bama on this podcast, right, with Sark and, and this recruiting class. Uh, but, yeah, now you would be the the the, the front runner in that regard. So uh, just remarkable to even be in the conversation. Uh, and like you said, being in the running for Anthony Hill right now is a big deal, uh, especially because there's not a lot of tangible left, right? Like you said, everything's pointing – towards the burnt orange he's already taken all five official visits so it's unofficial visit season for him so if he's spending time on your campus it's on his own dime and right now to my knowledge this texas trip is the last one that he has planned going forward uh, so if that does not change you got to feel really good uh, about the chances uh, to to win this recruitment remember before he committed to AM, the final two was texas and texas AM, right so i mean this this is not if he does decommit and he he's moved on because it doesn't always happen, but if you've moved on from AM, the ball immediately shifts towards Texas's court. So this would be a big deal. The question now becomes when, when does Anthony Hill want to start shutting things down because signing days in six weeks. So do you just wait and do it on ESPN and have fun with that? Or do you just get it over with and say, hey, look, I'm, this is kind of the whole plan was was to end up here. Boom, I'm committed. Let, let's be done with it, just like we saw Colton Vasek do. Yeah, recruiting is so funny. I remember when we lost out on uh, Anthony Hill, and I think Colton Vasek either had already committed to Oklahoma or every sign was com- you know pointing to him committing to Oklahoma. And we made a video talking about how Texas has had so much trouble recruiting edges and linebackers, and now both these players might be on their roster next year. <laughs> this is crazy stuff, right? Uh, so when I look at it, Texas is 6-3. and three. I, w- I wouldn't say that they've exceeded expectations, but they're on plane. They right now control their own destiny to make the Big 12 championship. That's what most people had them pegged for going into the season through nine games. So they're on track. When you look at Oklahoma, even in BV's first year, most people would say they've underachieved and you definitely would say at texas a&m i mean it's been a historical underachievement a hundred million dollar underachievement <laughs> down there at college <laughs> station with jimbo fisher and texas a&m in that yeah. recruiting class so do you think these flips are more about what texas has done success wise or the lack of success with oklahoma and texas a&m i do think the the latter point factors in uh but but it's never as much as we think right i mean i don't think there's been a recruit that's like man if a&m loses five straight i'm out you know, that that's what happened in, in regards to Hill. But I don't think that was part of it, you know, per se. 
So I, I do think it is a little bit of the part of, of, of the equation here, but not the majority. I think the bigger the bigger factor is it's just Texas. I think Texas singularly uh, has galvanized this recruiting class. Uh, look, Texas has been ranked ahead of these two schools the entire time, right, in recruiting. So uh, this year, I should say, this cycle. So um, I, I think this is kind of just a long time coming for Texas in this class. It, it's that special group where you you wondered if one of these schools could seize the state of Texas and lock in most of the top talent, you know, where would you project that? Last year was obviously AM and but in this cycle, even before Arch picked Texas, you felt like Texas had an opportunity to win the biggest of battles in the Lone Star State. And when you do that, inevitably it hurts AM and Oklahoma simultaneously. So I think that's more of, of what it's been. But optically, look, you flip Hill and you flip Vasic in a, in a very short span. I mean, it's going to project that way for a while because that's recruiting. Optics are optics and perception are are such a big deal in the recruiting landscape. So in that regard, it'll feel much more like it's because those programs are underachieving. But overall, I think Texas has just seized the state from a recruiting standpoint in this cycle better than AM and Oklahoma has. Yeah, quick word from Simply Safe and Built Bar, and then we're going to talk about the Texas TCU game. Once again, the biggest game of the weekend on Saturday in Austin, Texas at DKR. Can we pause the pod for a second? Okay, we're paused. Great, because you got to try this. I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors, cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie puff built puffs are like biting into the universe. Most delicious cloud built. You got to try this. Get 50% off your order right now by using code locked on 15. That's 15% off at built.com. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up because right now, Locked On Longhorns listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is will so you can get priority police response. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash URL today. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So, John, I want to ask you before we get into this Texas and, and TCU game from a football and recruiting standpoint. This class just really feels different than any other Texas class. Even when you look at the 2022 class that was top five, this class, especially with the Colts and Vasic news and, and the possible, you know, pending Anthony Hill news, it just feels like this class is explosive on a different level, offensively and defensively. And, and we're looking at, you know, a class where you possibly bring in an Anthony Hill, a, a Malik Muhammad, a, a Derek Williams, a, a Colton Vasic, a Sadir Mitchell, real you know, Darion Gallette, like like real playmakers on that side of the ball that we haven't seen consistently at the 40 acres in these type of recruiting classes. Do you think this has more to do with the Arch Manning effect and, and him being obviously the crown jewel of this class? Or do you think the defense for Texas has had an effect on, you know, these defensive players committing since they have way exceeded expectations this year the way that they've looked? I think the combination of your latter point and the experience on that defense tells recruits, one, Texas is developing 
and getting better on that side of the ball. They're adjusting to their roster uh, and their opponents uh, accordingly. But two, a lot of those guys won't be here next year. <laughs> so I think a lot of it comes down to timing and saying, hey, you can come in and contribute pretty darn early at these select spots. Um, sure, look, Arch, you can't, you can't, um, you can't overstate the impact of Arch. I think from, especially in the NIL era, in this era of optics and social media where it's so available. I mean, you, I mean, there's probably someone who has never watched any of these kids play live on tape on Twitter, whatever that has some kind of ranking on some, some of these guys, I guarantee you it, it, it exists out there and people will listen to it and watch it and subscribe to it. So there, there's so much information available on these kids and, and arch set the precedent. This is, Again, in my 12 years doing it, this is the kid who has the most attention I've ever seen. Um, I mean, SI is writing stories on Arch every week. I'm not, I don't even know about it. I just see it come across the ticker. I'm like, oh, they didn't hit me up for that story. But it's just about how he played on Friday night. They, they don't do that with, with any other recruit. So the widespread reach of Arch Manning uh, cannot be overstated in terms of its impact in Texas. Uh especially when you talk about some of these other kids after he committed considering UT, I, I think that's, that's a huge deal and important, but it only can get you in the race. Um, it, it can't win the race for you. You can't just be like, well, I want to go play with Arch Manning. You've got to fit. You've got to be a target. You, you, you've got to, you know, truly go through the process. So I think that's uh, the other side of it. Um, I think Texas has done a really good job again of developing within its own unit uh, defensively, it, it wasn't – they hit the portal and did some things in recruiting, but it really wasn't an overhaul of that defense last year, at least personnel-wise. So I think that was probably a good thing for Texas because you showed the improvement. You're showing the contrast of, of 2022 versus 2021, and that stuff matters because now the players feel it, and when those kids take visits, the people they trust the most on those visits are not the coaches or the hostesses or the fans, or anyone else. It's the players. The players have such a voice when it comes to recruiting. And now Prospect X can tell you, hey, I talked to Overshone, I talked to Cobra, I talked to these guys, and they told me about their own progression and how much the defense has collectively gotten better. And now all of a sudden, I feel that much better about Texas. Uh, so those things all work in, in conjunction just as much as the optics and excitement of, of Arch Manning. Yeah, so when we talk about this game on Saturday between Texas and TCU, huge game, might be the biggest game of the weekend, a game in DKR on Saturday night that has legitimate college football playoff implications. And it's going to be a huge recruiting weekend for Texas on the 40. When you look at uh, some of the names that are, you know, rumored to be there, huge names, Anthony Hill, Jamie and Toviano, Jelani McDonald, Bravey and Rogers, Peyton Bowen. Right. When I saw that name, I was like, hello. oh, it's hello. Jacoby Lane, a great receiver. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of uh, great prospects at the 40. And uh, Texas is, is going to have to put on a big showing, right, to, to, to prove to these recruits that this isn't the same old Texas. So I kind of led there a little bit, but what is what does this game mean for Texas from a recruiting and brand standpoint against TCU on Saturday night? Well, first of all, to get college game day and to get, like you said, arguably the most important game of the weekend feel and vibes in November, just to get there, you have to show improvement and consistency on the field. Texas has done just that. You've got to have a great opponent. Obviously, they do with TCU coming to town. But yeah, I think particularly for those defensive recruits that you mentioned, 
if there's a game where a win, no matter almost no matter how it happens, will show you that type of impression, it would be against TCU, right? This offense has been unbelievable all year long. They can beat you in, in just about every way with with Dugan and Miller and those crazy receivers. Uh, they they do it. They, they've done it against uh, some very good defenses. Um, they've allowed some points along the way, and their defense isn't necessarily the best. I think that's what's going to make this uh, one of the more fascinating games, maybe even an old-school Big 12 game before uh, it's all said and done, and, and we'll play some shootout ball. But again, just the atmosphere and the stage the opportunity of this game will be enough to bring in that type of uh, that type of audience, right? I mean, Peyton Bowen, we have not talked about Texas flipping him. I mean, this is Notre Dame's top commitment, a kid who has had rumors to everywhere else but Texas um, over the last six months, right? Oklahoma has been heavy on him, teammates with Jackson Arnold, all that stuff. Texas A&M has been kind of the in-state school that has held buzz with him the longest, but now here's Texas, you know, already with a great DB class on board. Um, I think Derek Williams, we have two, and Peyton Bowen, we have three among safeties. So you're talking about the best safeties in the country visiting together to maybe play together. I mean, that's something optically we just didn't expect even seven days ago. So I think that shows you where the perception is shifting and continuing to trend for Texas, but this opportunity is is huge. I mean, there's really no other way to put it from an on-field, from a recruiting standpoint. And I think brand-wise, where Texas has always had the benefit of the doubt, this is now this becomes the statement opportunity. We, you know, Oklahoma was perceptionally the opportunity, right? Uh, but Oklahoma, like you said, is underachieved. It wasn't the same feel. Now you blew them out and destroyed them and all that stuff, which was great, but it didn't have the same feel as if you did it against a different Oklahoma team. But with TCU now, the only undefeated in the Big 12, I mean, the rankings are coming out here shortly for the playoff. They're going to be in that four to five kind of range when, when that comes out. To beat a team that has a path to the playoff with this kind of atmosphere in November, I think that would be the the statement game for Texas. So to win those games, there is no doubt that it creates momentum. Just look at LSU having beat Bama. Um, look at uh, Notre Dame having pushed back on and beat Clemson. They're starting to regalvanize on the recruiting trail. I mean, Georgia beating Tennessee and previously Tennessee beating Bama. All of those games have spiked recruiting momentum for those programs. It doesn't happen a lot. It doesn't happen often. But when you can win one of these statement games, recruiting just happens to go along with it, particularly when it's at your place. And obviously, Texas has that that opportunity all the way through uh, here on and off the field. Do you remember when you started doing these with Locked On? Like what month? Uh, I think it was April. Yeah. All right. So John just made a great point. He's been coming on Locked On Longhorn since April. We've never once mentioned Peyton Bound Pound mate. Oh, we've never once mentioned Peyton Bowen on this show. Never once. Correct. And now he's visited Texas this weekend. That just shows you what type of momentum they have right now, especially with the Colts and Bassett news and, you know, pending Anthony Hill news. Uh, Texas, you know, has a chance to, to beat a top five team. They control their own destiny to the Big 12 championship. Has a chance to beat a top five team in DKR for the first time since 1999. Who would have thought after the wow. Bama game they would get another chance to do it in the same season, right, <laughs> against TCU? Yeah. Um. But we're talking about Sark, who is 11 and 10 as a head coach. If he loses this game, he goes right back down to 500. He does not have a signature win yet as the Texas head coach. And you talked about this opportunity from a recruiting and a brand standpoint. But I think from a football standpoint, 
you know, pressure is a privilege. And now Texas is under pressure to beat a team. I don't know why, but they're favored by a touchdown over at home. Uh, a team that has, you know, college football playoff and maybe national championship aspirations. So this is probably the biggest game of the season and probably the biggest game of the Steve Sarkeesian era thus far at the University of Texas. What would a win mean for him in this game? Yeah, safe to say, I think all of those points that you just made are, are absolutely true. Um, first of all, playing spoiler in your own state, I, I think, is a big deal. Um, normally, when we talk about that, it's a team that has nothing to play for and they roll out the crazy trick plays and and they they, they go backs against the wall, nothing to lose in, in their angle here. But Texas does have something to play for on top of this, right? The path to the Big 12 title game is right in front of it. So I do think that um, that part of it is really interesting in this game. And I, I think you can make the argument as to why Texas is favored, right? Uh, both offenses are crazy. Uh, a lot of points, a lot of balance. Uh, you can run it, you can throw it. The quarterback is is the galvanizing point, all of those things. But Texas's defense, we've talked about it all show. Texas's defense has improved and has shown at various points it could win an ugly game. It can get into a scrap if you need it to. TCU has not had to do that. It's won shootouts. It's given up 30, um, 30 points or more four times and, and have come through that thing unscathed. Hard to do in, in this day and age of, of college football. So I think – the home atmosphere on top of that creates some benefit of the doubt for Texas. Uh, so I think this is a huge opportunity for UT. Like you said, it is the biggest game of Steve Sarkeesian's early tenure at Texas, and it's the first statement opportunity uh, in, in this season beyond Alabama. Again, Oklahoma didn't feel the same. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know how to quantify it. Didn't feel the same. Bama would have felt like it, but maybe not so much now. doesn't feel the same with, with them having two losses. But TCU, it would have that vibe. Um, and not something we talked about preseason or expected, but that's that's college football. That's where we are at this point. Uh, so, like you said, it is a privilege, and Texas has to take full advantage. I think it's one of those weird scenarios where TCU has all the pressure, but we, you and I and, and the college football world will put it more on Texas because of its opportunity relative to the last 10 to 15 years, as opposed to TCU where it's like, regardless, Sonny Dykes is like your coach of the year. You're probably yeah. walking into the big 12 title game, barring a collapse. It doesn't feel the same. I think that's the point, even though that TCU is the number four team in the nation and they have to go undefeated. Cause I mean, the committee's just waiting on them to lose one game you know, sure. that's, to sneak somebody Ooh, back done. in there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter who they lose to. They're just, they're just waiting on somebody to sneak them back in there. But even though TCU is, the better team, right, thus far, you know, based on production this season and ranked number four, like you said, I think more pressure is on Texas in this game because they're favored by a touchdown. These are the games that Texas is supposed to win to get back to being, you know, that blue blood level program. So if TCU loses, people are going to say, well, TCU already exceeded expectations. Nobody thought they were going to the playoffs anyway. But if Texas loses, it goes right back to that. You know, oh, OK, they're inconsistent. They're disappointing. They're still a year away. All of that. So I think Texas has a lot more to lose in this game than TCU does. TCU has already had a great season based on preseason expectations. 100 percent. Great way. Great way to put it. Uh, yeah. Texas has the pressure, man. College football is funky. It's funky. But that's why we love it. Uh, and I, look, I would I haven't picked this game yet. It's only Tuesday for me. So I'm still digging into it. But you start talking about it more and more, and you could really make the argument that Texas should be favored and should win this game. But obviously, they, they got to go play it. Night game, all, all that stuff. I mean, it's it's setting up to be a bit of a classic there uh, in Austin. So can't wait for it. 
Definitely can't wait for it, and I will be in the building. Texas, we got a big game this weekend. Let's show up and show out in DKR. And as always, peace.